0: Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Good morning. It's great to be in church together. And Lord God, I thank you for this time. I thank you, God, for speaking to our hearts. I thank you, Lord, that, Lord, you haven't left us on our own, to our own devices to try and be good people and just do good stuff, Lord. But Jesus, you sent the Holy Spirit to lead us, to guide us, to empower us. And uh, Lord God, we just thank you for your leading, your guiding, your empowering, your speaking to us this morning, Lord, in Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you, Lord, for you already speaking to people this morning. Well, last week, um, for those of you who weren't here, we began a new series. Oop, I better turn this on. A new series called "A Generous Life," and last week looked in particularly at our God is a generous God. And if you want to know that God is a generous God, and you missed last week, if you don't know that God's a generous God, you need to. St- go back and listen to that message. You can get a CD if you'd like. The CDs are still available. We have a podcast, but uh, if you'd like the old-fashioned CD, that's fine. Um, And last week, um, we talked about God as a generous God and we finished on chapter 2, verse 6. It said, those who live in God should live as Jesus did. If God's a generous God, I wonder how should we live? That verse tells us if, if we live in God, we should live as Jesus did. We're called to live a generous life. We are called to live a generous life. Last week I started off by saying this message is not about making you be more generous. But this morning, I'm saying it right up, up front, that this morning is about making you be more generous. i am just putting the note right now. I said last week I wasn't, but today I am. That's my goal. That's where I'm going, just so you know now. <laughs> Proverbs chapter eleven, verse twenty-five and twenty-six says, "A generous person will prosper." Do you want to prosper? Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. People who curse the one, people curse the one who hoards grain, but they pray God's blessing on the one who is willing to sell. Proverbs twenty-two verse nine, blessed are those who are generous because they feed the poor. Two Corinthians nine verse seven, each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly. Nor under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. My desire is to, that we be generous, but not under compulsion, because we want to be generous. Proverbs 19, verse 17. Whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will repay him for his deed. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 11. You will be enriched in every way, to be generous in every way which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. You know, as you're generous to the people around you, you're a blessing and they begin to thank God for the blessing that you give. You can inspire people to praise that, that our praise might ever be on, their praise might ever be on their lips. I like that song. I went to Melbourne twice this week. Anyone recognise that site? I, I didn't take the photo while I was driving. I was going to say a lie and say I've never taken a photo. Anyway, I'll stop there. Um, <laughs> I had to go to Melbourne this week twice. Uh, um, some of you may not know, I'm on the CRC State Executive um, as the youth ministry representative for the state. Um, my job's to look after to some degree uh, and, and promote youth ministry within churches across the state. And So I was there for that meeting on Tuesday and then Wednesday I had to go back again Um, You know, when we love, we're generous and I I was so seriously considering stopping in Melbourne. I had to go to Tullamarine on the Tuesday. I was so seriously thinking it would be so much easier just to go and find somewhere to stay tonight and not drive back and back again tomorrow morning. But I love my family and I just had to get back and see them. So I drove back again uh, because I could and it fitted a little bit. Um, But the next day I had to drive back again because I'm part of the state youth Uh, What's that team? The Youth Alive State team. And I've got to tell you, I'm excited about the church and the future of the church because that team is so exciting. There's people from all different denominations and every one of them is there because we just want to see Jesus lifted up amongst young people in Victoria. And there's some exciting things happening. I can't share all those things right now, but um, it was a joy. Anyway, I was going to Melbourne and uh, what was I saying about that? Yeah, we're driving to Melbourne, and how many people know what it's like? You're driving along, and you're in that lane, and it says left lane ends, merge right, and there's a gazillion cars coming past you, and you put your blinker on just in the hope, in the, in the vague hope that maybe someone will just see that blinker and go, I'm going to be generous, I'm going to let them in. And I wonder how many of you know that feeling of, of, of you've got the blinker on and someone just pauses long enough to use for you to go, oh, there's a gap, thank you. And you drive out and you give a little complimentary wave and it, your heart just goes, there is good in the world today. <laughs> Do you know that feeling? Or maybe you've been on the, other end the, uh, on the other end of the stick and you've been in that lane that's not merging and you're like, ha, bad luck guys. But then, but then something in your heart, you, you see that car waiting to get in and something in your heart just goes, I'm feeling generous today. I shall, as good as thou, my lane is, shall let you in. And you open your heart towards them, you leave that gap. They drive in, you know their heart's rejoicing and thanking God for you. And they give that complimentary wave and you go, oh, I am such a wonderful person. <laughs> Maybe. Or if you ever been on the other end of the other driver and you're in that lane trying to get out, and you see that person and there's a reasonable gap but it's like they just plant the foot and they just drive as fast as they can to fill that gap because you ain't getting that gap buddy and so that thing inside of you just goes Grrr! where is the good in the world today why do people have to be so mean or maybe you've been the one in the other lane and you've seen that gap opening and you're like i am not letting another person in and there's a change in your heart isn't there is is, is one side you can have that joyous, oh, what a wonderful life this is. There's another one where you just, there's anger and bitterness and rage begins to build, I'm sure just in a very small way. I'm sure we don't have any angry drivers here. Maybe. But there's, there's a fruit of generosity and there's a fruit of stinginess. Have a listen to this verse in Acts chapter 20, verse 35. Sorry, Acts chapter 20, verse 35. It's not up there. In all things, I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus. How he himself said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. I actually think that's true, even of changing lanes. Like, I love the feeling of letting someone in. I get worried about the people behind me thinking, Would you stop letting people in? You're slowing us all down. But it's a joyous feeling to let someone in, to be generous in such a small way. It's nice when they let you in, but it's more blessed to give than to receive. As we talked about last week, God's commands are good for us. If we know God, we know He loves us. He's generous, He's kind, He's loving. And whatever He commands, it's for our benefit, it's for our good. His commands are good for us. So let's have a look at the next part of 1 John chapter 2 this morning. We're going to look at God's Word. If you've got your Bible, please open up, we're going to have a look at this uh, book some more this morning, 1 John chapter 2, and it's on the screen, I'm not flicking there yet because I want you to open your Bible if you've got it, I don't need you to be lazy, we're going to be practicing opening our Bible, because the Bible's alive, and maybe there's something you need to underline that you don't, you can't underline it on the screen, you need to underline it in your Bible so you can read it again later, maybe this morning. 1 John chapter 2 verse 7. It says this Dear friends, I am not writing a new commandment for you. Rather, it is an old one that you have had from the very beginning. This old commandment to love one another is the same message you have heard before. Yet it is, it is also new. Jesus lived the truth of this commandment, and you also are living it. For the darkness is disappearing, and the true light is already shining. If anyone claims I am living in the light, but hates a fellow believer, that person is still living in the darkness. Anyone who loves a fellow believer is living in the light and does not cause others to, and does not cause others to stumble. But anyone who hates a fellow believer is still living and walking in darkness. Such a person does not know the way to go, having been blinded by the darkness. I am writing to you who are God's children, because your sins have been forgiven through Jesus. I'm writing to you who are mature in the faith because you know Christ who existed from the beginning. I'm writing to you who are young in the faith because you have won your battle with the evil one. I've written to you who are God's children because you know the father. I've written to you who are mature in the faith because you know Christ who existed from the beginning. I've written to you who are young in the faith because you are strong God's Word lives in your hearts, and you have won your battle with the evil one. Do not love this world, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave, But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. I wonder, do you remember when you first fell in love? I wonder if you remember that that time when you were courting your future husband or spouse, uh, wife, spouse, person. I wonder if you remember back to that time. You have to rewind 50 years, 20 years, two years, six months. Do you remember what it was like I remember one time when uh, I was, actually I think it was even before we were officially courting, maybe just good friends, and our family was going to Ballarat, but I knew they were coming back late, so then I wanted to come back. So I took my bike, as you do if you're going to Ballarat and you want to get back early and in a hurry. For most people that's probably not true but I, that was a normal sort of a distance for me to ride so I, I just took my bike to Ballarat and I got on the bike when I wanted to come home so I could be home in time to meet Rochelle because I knew she finished school, well, she was a teacher, she finished school and she was going to be free at that time and there was a chance that we were going to be able to catch up and there was another thing that I started doing when I found this interest in this particular young lady whose father's here today as well but uh, I'm going to choose which stories I tell. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) She liked coffee, so I didn't drink coffee, but I knew she liked drinking coffee, and I thought, well, maybe I should start drinking coffee so we can sort of hang out and and share the experience together. I still drink coffee, and we still enjoy drinking coffee together. What a wonderful decision that was. But I wonder what you did when you first fell in love. Maybe you drove thousands of kilometres way more than you logically should have. Maybe you dressed differently. Maybe you went places you didn't normally go. Maybe you started supporting some football team because they did and they wanted you to. Maybe you stayed up way too late than was logical. I wonder how many of us might have done that at some point. When we love, we do extraordinary things. John says in verse 7, I'm not giving you a new commandment. This is the most basic commandment we've ever been given to love one another, to love one another, love one another. Love, love inspires generosity. Love compels us towards generosity. Love makes us do what would seem crazy to those people who don't have that love. John commands, love one another. This is the command that Jesus said, all the law and the prophets hang on this This one command. In Matthew 22, he says, Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. John says if you live in love, you're living in the light. But if we hate, our brother and sister we walk in darkness and we do not know the light i wonder where you feel like you're walking today i wonder if you've ever felt like you're living in the darkness and when there's unforgiveness in our heart it, it takes us into a place of darkness if there's unforgiveness in our heart it it, it cuts us off from the blessings of god the Bible says if we refuse to forgive, then we will not be forgiven. Unforgiveness is, is a bitter root that we must not let grow in our hearts. I wonder who, the, who are the hardest people in your life? Oh, but don't answer this out loud or in any kind of visual way. I wonder who are the hardest people in your life to love day by day by day by day? And hey, let's be honest, it's the people we, we love the most, it's the people who know us the most, it's probably the people in your own home that can be the hardest to love. You know, you love them the most, and they know the best and the worst about you, but sometimes we we agitate each other the most, I don't think that's just me, no. <laughs> Now, we love them, but I wonder how often do we neglect the people we love the most? How often do we do we let our, our love and our, our, our relationship with those people go get neglected and taken for granted? I wonder how many of us can say we still pursue our husband or our wife the, as much as we did when we were courting that person. I was listening to a talk on uh, the way to Melbourne in the car, and it was just talking about Loving our spouses and, and doing the unexpected things and trying to find ways on, on being generous in unexpected ways. It's amazing. I listened to four messages on the drive backwards and forwards to Melbourne. The first one was on 1 John, chapter 1. I'm like, whoa, that's interesting. We just preached on that. The second one was on generosity. The third one was on giving. And the fourth one was on loving your spouse and being generous to your spouse. I'm thinking, God, I think there's a theme going right now. I wonder how often you, you generously surprise the people in your home, the people you love with gifts. I wonder how often you structure in and, and give them time and do something for them just because you can. And by the way, that's not just if you're married to the person. That could be your mum and dad. That can be your brother, your sister. It could be anyone in your, in your home. God has called us to love one another, to live generous lives. And for many of us, marriage is a part of God's refining tool. He uses marriage and and our family, our church family, to be the sandpaper to to shape us as He wants us to be. It's part of His sanctifying work. Some people leave marriages because there's a refining work that they don't want to work with. Sometimes there's things that happen that but God is intended marriage and family and, and church family. That we might be that refining work with one another, that we would be committed to one another, as Cheryl shared this morning. And no doubt, if you're not married, there's still people in your life that you find it hard to love sometimes. There's, there's people, people in places that you find it hard to love. But John says, I'm, I'm writing to you who are God's children, you who are mature in the faith, you who are in the faith. In other words, Anyone who knows Jesus is the Lord and Saviour, anyone who understands who He is, because your sins have been forgiven, because you know Christ, you have won your battle with the evil one. He's reminding them, you know God's love, His generosity. You know that you are set free. You're not in a battle to become set free, but the moment you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you are free. He says, you know God's love. You know His generosity. In verse 15, he says, don't love this world, In other words, don't look for life among dead things. We can go looking for for life in in so many things like we talked about last week to try and find life in things that will just fade away, that they're they're, going to end in death. And he says, don't love this world. Don't try and find um, answers in the things the world offers, in physical pleasure, in possessions, in the pride of people's praise or in the pride of your possessions. He says in verse 17, This world is fading away, along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. You know, what pleases God? Your faith in Him. Your faith in Him is counted as righteousness. God has called us to live in faith. Remember, John is writing as we looked at last week, that we might share His joy. His desire isn't to say, come on guys, you've got to do this better. He's saying, I want you to know the joy that I have, that we can have full joy in Jesus Christ. If if we live for Him, if we live in love as He's called us to live, if we live in His command, we will find the life that He desires for us. He wants us to join Him in living that generous life. You know, God wants us to be generous with our time. You know, this is a challenge, and, and, and day by day in the things we do, we have to structure in time with the ones we love to make sure we give them the time that we desire. It's so easy to get squashed out. It's so easy something else comes up. I, I, I encourage you, your diary is one of the most powerful things you can do to love those around you. God wants us to be generous with our time. He wants us to be generous with the things we do and the things we say. To do generous things, to do and say generous things. And God wants us to be generous with our money. He wants us to be generous with our finances. To give to others what they could never repay. Don't just give to those who you know will repay you, but give to those who can never repay, the Bible says. Just as Jesus has done for us. Jesus gave his life for a debt that we could never pay. I love the the ministry of Christians Against Poverty that we have running in this church, that, that we can support those who in a logical thing like people might say, but what are you going to get out of that? Well, we just want to love people. We just want to help people find freedom in finance and freedom in Christ. Remember last week I shared with you that $579 billion a year is spent on advertising, trying to tell you how you should spend your money, what you should desire, and how you should spend your money. Remember when those of you came and listened to Wes Hone, the business coach, and he shared about the Babylonian system of just trying to get ahead, about trying to be the best and, and, and build the biggest kingdom, basically, versus the kingdom mindset of preferring others over ourselves, about contributing to, a, to the greater good of people around us. Jesus had quite a bit to say about money. Of all the parables, there's about 16 that talk about money in some form tithing is right through the Bible in Genesis 28 and Genesis 14 Jacob offers a tenth of everything he receives in Genesis 28 in Genesis 14 Abraham gives a tenth of all he recovers in the battle to Melchizedek in Leviticus 27 God commands the people one tenth of the produce of the land whether grain from the fields or fruit from the trees belongs to the Lord and must be set apart to him as holy Malachi chapter 3 i us read it to you. It says, I am the Lord and I do not change. That is why you descendants of Jacob are not already destroyed, because God's always a gracious God. Ever since the days of your ancestors, you have scorned my decrees and failed to obey them. Now return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. But you ask, how can we return when we have never gone away? Should people cheat God, yet you have cheated me? But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. You are under a curse, for your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have room, enough room to take it in. Try it. Put, it, put me to the test. You might remember last year I spoke about a tithe being unbiblical in the New Testament. And I'm holding to that truth. Jesus doesn't want a tenth of your money. Jesus doesn't want a tenth of your life. He wants it all. Every part of us belongs to Him. Galatians 2.20, we claim it so often when things are going wrong and we want God's blessing and His help. I no longer live, it's Christ that lives in me is that true in our generosity in our giving in our and our finances is all that i have his or is is our perception of god that he's like some drug lord that we have to pay off 10% every once a month once a week just to sort of keep him happy i think that's one set we can have about god <laughs> so <Sorry>, that's <laughs> we can have a totally wrong perception we 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 can believe that giving god a tenth is 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 doing justice and that we've done our bit and now we can just do what we want with the rest but that is totally unbiblical god desires that he have all of us he wants us to know him to know his love and his generosity that we might trust him with a hundred percent and that looks different for every person i wonder how generous we are with our money if we have control over our money And if our our money is a tool to use for God's glory, for his goodness, for his his kingdom, or if our money has control over us, the Bible talks about we cannot serve both God and money. We cannot have two gods. You know, we can show the gospel by giving generously. We can show the gospel by giving to those who can never repay and, and demonstrate God's love through generosity. I'm so glad that when I was 18 years old, I I gave everything I had to go on a trip to Papua New Guinea and realized that at that time, it doesn't matter how much we give, that God is greater. Uh, I I, I just felt God said to go, so I said, well, I better give everything I've got or I'm not going to go. And God supplied the rest and he he, he supplied my needs afterwards as well. I, I was finishing year 12, I was potentially going to uni the following year and logically it did not make sense but i'm so glad i went through that lesson to see that god is faithful through all things john chapter 13 verse 34 on the night jesus was betrayed he said this so now i'm giving you a new commandment love each other just as i have loved you you should love each other for your love your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples You know, it is different when people generously give to one another. And by our love, I pray that Colac will know who we are. They'll know what we're about by our generosity and our love for one another, our love for the community. That through things like Kids Hope and Cap and Kids Inc. and the things that we do, that people would come and and, and just want to know what makes these people be so generous. What makes them love one another, even when someone offends them, when someone hurts them. Luke chapter 6 verse 38 says, "Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. We don't give to get, but what an extra bonus when we do. <laughs> I think Jesus is so glad he gave. I think Jesus, looking back at the cross, will just be like, "Thank you God, thank you me." Thank you, Father, that I went through with the cross. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, Father, if there's any other way, please take this cup away from me. But not my will, your will be done. And he went through with the cross. And I think he would look back and he'd think, that was so hard, but I'm so glad I went to the cross. Because... This person and this person and this person and millions and millions of people around the world through faith in Jesus Christ and what he's done has brought a harvest, a multitude of people into the kingdom of God. The seed first has to die that a great harvest might come. Do we live in Jesus? Then let's live as Jesus did. Do we know his love? Do we know his generosity? Then let's be generous. Why Jesus is generous. Do we know his love, his grace, his forgiveness, his mercy? Imagine if every person who knew Jesus as their Lord and Saviour, imagine if every Christian, every church that knew Jesus, everyone who confessed to be a Christian lived a 100% generous life. I just think what a testimony that would be to the world. So often people have this warped view of God because the church has not been who God desires us to be. God, help us be the church that you desire us to be, that we be generous and loving like he is generous and loving. Imagine if every person who confessed Jesus Christ as Lord was totally generous 100% of the time. I wonder how that might change the world's perspective of who Jesus is and who God is. That we lived a, a generous life, day by day by day, giving all of our time, our talent, our, our, our words, our money, to love and serve God in all things. That's the kind of church I want to be a part of. I wonder if you join me in asking God to help us be that kind of people. I thank God for this church. I thank God that we have a generous church that we're able to be a blessing. That we have people that give their time, that give their money, that we can be a blessing to other nations, to to people in this city. It so saddens me when I see churches that are crippled because of a lack of generosity. And I think it breaks God's heart. I want to be a part of a church that is loving, that is generous in all things, that gives abundantly and above what others might ask or expect. I just look at the book of Acts and Paul writing to different ones and, and the generosity they had for one another. And I thank God that even as he says that... The the truth is ringing out from you. I go to places, I go to Melbourne and people go, oh, you're from that church in Colac. I've heard about you guys. I'm like, wow. I was like a little bit of, I think it's good pride. It's like, yeah, praise God for our church. Thanks God for you people sitting here today. All we have is a gift from him. Can I ask, let's respond by living a generous life this year. In 2017, let's let this year be a year of generosity, of looking for ways to be generous. Don't just stay in your current state of gener- gen- generousness. Let's look for new ways to be generous, to give of ourselves. I asked Sam yesterday, I was out visiting guys uh, before the funeral uh, on Friday, and I said to Sam, you you right to lead worship tomorrow? She's like, yeah. I'm like, wow, you're awesome. <laughs> let's look for ways to be generous, even when people don't expect it. Let's look for ways to, to give generously to those around us. And let's see God glorified as we do. Cast the bend to come. Let's stand. I just want to pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for your generosity towards us. Lord, we, we acknowledge that everything we have is a gift from you. Lord, everything we have is a gift from you. And God, we, we're all human. We all have struggles and, and, and tensions in our mind about things that maybe we're feeling challenged to do, but thinking, oh God, I don't know if I can do that. But God, I just pray that we would be inspired by your generosity, Lord, that you would stir faith within us, that we would have a, a daring faith with our generosity, Lord. That God, you would help us be generous people, help us be a generous church, Lord, to grow and grow in generosity. Let us not become complacent with our families, with the ones we love, with our community, or with this world we live in, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to go out wider, to go out with a greater love, a greater generosity, Lord, that you might be lifted up, that men and women, children, would come to know you because of your love through us. I pray this in your name. Amen. Thanks, Sam. And we're going to sing a song, which I can't remember